Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Shout out to Seeky for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast a big shout out to our sponsors at N- Horns and Tail Napa Valley. Horns and Tail Napa Valley is the official wine club of the New Jersey Devils and a proud sponsor of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, allowing them to bring together two passions, hockey and wine, in an exciting and memorable way. They offer premium, limited production Napa Valley wines. They also have gift options for Devils fans. Their wine club offers a wide range of gift options, including individual bottles, curated gift sets, and exclusive merchandise providing the perfect present for any occasion. Every bottle was created by the team with their winery to honor the history and celebrate the success of the team. Their winery has worked closely with the team to create wines that embody the spirit and achievements of the New Jersey Devils, allowing fans to savor the memories and celebrate their team. Plus, Every purchase helps support the Devil's Youth Foundation. And if you want to get yourself a bottle of this delicious Devil's Wine, you go to Nap to Horns and Tail Napa Valley, use my promo code at checkout Devil State, and you can get 10% off your purchases. So once again, shout out to Horns and Tail Napa Valley for being the official wine sponsor of the New Jersey Devils and the Devil's State of Mind podcast. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this podcast episode. And thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day 
to check these episodes out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And you guys already know this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored as always by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And we are getting down to the nitty gritty when it comes to Major League Baseball season. We are inching that much closer to the official start of not only college football, but the National Football League as well. And you already know that the NHL's training camp is just a few weeks away. So with all that going on and so much more, you already know that DraftKings Sportsbook is your number one destination to get in on all of the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get in on this action, go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, sign up, use our promo code THPN, and don't forget to tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And once again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors over DraftKings Sportsbook for being the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. And remember, sports fans, make sure to bet responsibly. Shout out to Ray Khan for being the official headphone earbud partner of the Hockey Podcast Network and Devil's State of Mind Podcast. And with Raycon, guys, you already know that they give you the best quality earbuds or headphones at half the price of the other major brands. And, and honestly, they just have tremendous, tremendous features. And it's so, so much worth your money. So if you want to get a pair of your own, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20% off your order. Again, buyraycon.com slash THPN. So big shout out to Raycon for being the official headphone and earbud sponsor of the Hockey Podcast Network and the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Also, shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast, giving you the best bang for your buck when it comes to getting tickets to sporting events or concerts or anything like that. They give you the best, best seats available at the best prices. So if you want to use SeatGeek, I also have a promo code for you to get $20 off your first purchase. You go to SeatGeek and at the, at the checkout, make sure you use my promo code Devil State of Mind to get $20 off your first purchase. Again, promo code Devil State of Mind. So big shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing sponsor of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And last but certainly not least, Devils fans, big shout out to Horns and Tail Napa Valley, the official wine club of your New Jersey Devils and the official wine sponsor of the Devils State of Mind podcast. And if, you, and if you want, without a doubt, some of the best tasting wine out there that is also Devils themed, they have really, really cool bottles that you guys have to check out with some tremendous, tremendous flavors. It is the perfect gift for the Devils fan in your life. If you want to try it yourself, make sure to go to Horns and Tail Napa Valley and at checkout, use my promo code DEVILSTATE to get 10% off your orders. Again, promo code Devil State. So shout out once again to Horns and Tail Napa Valley for being the official wine sponsor of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Now, before we get into the episode, I do want to make a quick, awesome announcement. And that is the Hockey Podcast Network has officially reached 100 podcasts. That's right. The Hockey Podcast Network is home now to 100 100 different podcasts 
covering not just every team in the NHL, but also a bunch of other awesome hockey-based podcasts also. And for me, it's just so awesome to be part of this phenomenal network. And I've been you know, with the network since July of 2020, so it's been just over three years since I started. And it has been nothing short of a blessing. The THPN has given me the opportunity to, you know, get to know all of you lovely people that listen to my podcast, get the chance to interview some fantastic people, people that I only, you know, dreamed about having the opportunity to even speak to for a couple of minutes, let alone interview them. And I've had the chance to also meet a lot of awesome people at Devil's Games and throughout the network as well. And we're doing so many awesome things with not just the podcast, but also the YouTube channel and so much more. And as I said in our group chat, um, at THPN, I said, we're just getting started. You know, the Hockey Podcast Network is slowly but surely becoming the number one destination for hockey podcasts in the world. And we couldn't do it without all the support that not only you guys give me here with the Devil State of My podcast, but all the podcasts out there. And make sure you go check them all out. Go to the Hockey Podcast Network uh, website. And you can check out all the podcasts for every single team. You get you get awesome, I mean awesome content talking about every single team in the NHL. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say a big congratulations to the Hockey Podcast Network for reaching 100 podcasts on the network. But we are just getting started. Long way to go, but it is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. So I just wanted to quickly drop that in there. Shout out to Dylan Kaiser. Shout out to Kyle Manifold, the two main guys, the two head honchos at the network, grinding it out every day to make people like myself, to make our dreams come true, getting a chance to cover our favorite team and our favorite sport and do what we love. So congratulations again, and I'm excited to continue to be on this journey with them as we continue to grow more and more in the future. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, today is going to be kind of a fun episode. For the most part, we are going to be doing a fan Q&A. So on my social medias, both on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, I actually put out a, um, a poll. Well, not really a poll. I put out a questionnaire to basically let you guys fill out any questions that you have for me. And so I got about 10 questions from you lovely, lovely listeners and followers of the podcast that I am going to answer on today's episode. But before we jump into that, I am going to kind of come to an end when it comes to the Devils uh, roster projections. We've done the forward group. We just did the defensive pairings. And last but certainly not least, probably the most talked about position with the New Jersey Devils, we are going to be talking about the goaltending position. Now, I just put out an article on Tuesday, on excuse me, Wednesday of this week, uh, August 16, 2023. Uh, courtesy of Big Apple Hockey, talking about this specific uh, projection. And I will leave a link to the article on Twitter and everywhere else for you guys to check out. And uh, I'm going to read to you what I wrote, very similar to what I did when it came to the defensive core as well, kind of give you a more detailed explanation of why I went with these two individuals. So that is what we're going to be talking about on today's episode. So as always, Devils fans, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, so let's not waste any more time and get rolling. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. 
Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinem.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 8-1800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus like required for one 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com, draftkings.com, slash baseball terms. So let's get things rolling and drop the puck with talking about the Devils' goaltending projection for the upcoming 2023-24 season. Now, we have a pretty good idea as to who at least one of the two goaltenders is going to be. There still is a little bit of question mark especially when it comes to earlier reports we've seen this summer about what the Devils might do, you know, at least to start the year with the goaltending position. But as I mentioned before, just put out an article on Wednesday of this week on Big Apple Hockey doing my 2023-24 goaltending projection. So here I'm going to read to you exactly what I wrote. And again, make sure to go check out that article and all the articles I've written on Big Apple Hockey, where they cover not just the Rangers and Islanders, but also your New Jersey Devils. So, I went as follows. It's fair to say that the New Jersey Devils have one of the deepest and most talented rosters in the NHL. General Manager Tom Fitzgerald has done a fantastic job of building this team to where it is. With the likes of Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Brett, Timo Meyer, Tyler DeFoley, Dawson Mercer, Dougie Hamilton, and more, the possibilities are endless with what this team can do. The question is, how do you put it all together and create the perfect Stanley Cup championship recipe? Let's take a swing at what the line should look like to generate the most success. Lastly, let's look at what is considered to be the biggest question mark of this team, the goaltending. And I already know that at least two, maybe three of the Q&A questions for the second segment of our episode, which again is a devil's Q&A with with the fans, uh, is going to be about the goaltending. And this is something that Devils fans are going to be asking left and right for the next month and change. I mean, even when, even just before the season starts, we're going to have questions about it. You know, if we're, if we're seeing, if Devils fans even see the slightest bit of uncertainty from training camp or preseason games, you already know that we're going to have a massive overreaction. And you know that most media outlets uh, outside the Devils realm have talked about that the Devils are a championship team, but there's still the question of goaltending. And yes, we know how things went in the playoffs, especially in the second round against Carolina. I understand that. 
But I'm going to tell you exactly why I believe that both Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid is right now the right tandem to go into next season with, regardless of everything. I'm going to explain to you why right now. So, again, I said goalie one was Vitek Vanacek, but as usual, I would say this is a 1A, 1B situation. And I think that that's fair. I think that that's really where the NHL is nowadays, that most teams don't have a dominant number one goaltender. They usually have two very solid goaltenders that on any given night they can plug in there and the team feels confident that they can go out there and win regardless. And the Devils proved that when they had VTech in net and also certainly when they had Akira Schmidt in net at parts of last season and also in the playoffs as well. So we will start with the Hibachi man himself, and that is Vitek Vanacek. I said it's easy to focus just on the lack of playoff success with Vitek Vanacek. This is especially true with how last April and May went for him. However, I believe that Vitek is going to be able to bounce back. Last year was by far the best season the Devils goalies had in well over a decade. Vitek became only the second goalie in franchise history to win 30 or more games in a season. I'm confident it wasn't a fluke. A big reason why Vitek struggled in the playoffs, in my opinion, is that this was the biggest workload he's had in his still, still young career. He has to learn to adapt to that moving forward if he truly wants to be the number one guy in the net, and I think he will. He has the experience from last year like everyone else and will be ready to carry a just as big bulk in, in the crease this season. So let me go into a little bit more detail as to what I was talking about when I talk about Vitek Vanacek. Yes. The playoffs, not just last year, but in his short career, has been bad. He has not, for whatever reason, had any success. And this past year was very bad. You look at the last game that he played in, which was Game 4 against Carolina, where he imploded again. I had never seen a goaltender, on the Devils at least, look that dejected after a loss. I mean, he, he never picked up his head. He kept his head down the whole time. And he was just very, very somber. He was very somber. This was a man that looked completely stunned by what had just happened and what had been happening in the playoffs. And so for him, like basically everyone else on that team, it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience that this Devils team still has ways to go before they are ready to fully you know, go and win a Stanley Cup. Now, obviously, the expectations are going to be high for this Devils team. My expectations, I think, are a little bit different than most people, but maybe it's actually uh, closer to similarity than uh, than maybe I actually think. But with, with with the Devils' goaltending situation, first and foremost, it is not as bad as everybody says it is, and it's certainly not as bad as what we had dealt with the year before. Going into this season, yes, are there still questions in net? Of course. But I feel like there's a little bit less of that, and I think it is fair I think it is very fair and right to allow Vitek Vanacek to bounce back. We've heard rumors throughout the summer with guys like Connor Hellebach and John Gibson and other guys like that, that the Devils were interested in, talked about with other teams to make a move. And I'm sure Vitek Vanacek heard something about it. And I'm sure he's going to use that as motivation. And I think for him, it was a learning experience that this was the first time in his career where he really was, for the most part, the number one guy. That the Devils looked to three quarters of the time to carry the load and be the guy in net. And I think he has a lot to, he certainly has a lot to prove this upcoming season because he had a phenomenal regular season. And then obviously a, a terrible, terrible 
um, playoffs. And I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to bounce back and have another really, really good season. I'm confident that VTech's going to be able to, he, that he worked on some things this offseason and that he is going to bounce back. He is sporadic and we understand that, but I think the Devils team as a whole is built to also give him the support that he needs and that he's going to make those saves that we need him to make throughout the year. And I did share one of the best saves he made last season, which was in a game in December against the Islanders. We made that diving glove save on Brock Nelson. And again, I put that clip in the article that you guys uh, can go check out. So first guy for the goaltending, for me, is going to be obviously Vitek Vanacek. Now, the other goaltender, and look, I know that there are reports out there that saying the Devils would prefer this guy to start the year or at least play the whole year, potentially in Utica. But I think the smartest decision is for this kid to get his first legitimate full season opportunity to be in net with the New Jersey Devils. And that is Schmido the Torpedo, Akira Schmidt. Now, I like to toot my own horn with Akira Schmidt because I was one of the few people that knew about him before last season. And it's new, known about him for the last several years. I even wrote, I've been a huge fan of Akira Schmidt since he broke out in the United States Hockey League or the USHL with the Ohio Lancers and then the Sioux City Musketeers from 2019 to 2021. He also became one of the best goalies in the AHL, the American Hockey League, in 2021-22. So up until... Last season, Akira Schmidt had, you know, progressed very well. He had gotten very good in the USHL. Then he progressed to the American Hockey League. He became very, very good. And then eventually he's, he got his full opportunity um, to uh, to play in the, in the National Hockey League. And then, and then I said, he then progressed to a major role in New Jersey this past year. It was capped off by a heroic performance in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs last year versus the New York Rangers. He finished with four wins and two shutouts, including a shutout in Game 7 to vanquish the hated Hudson River rivals. For a short time, he was the talk of the NHL world. If you remember going back to just like the day before the first game against Carolina, which was the day after the Devils knocked out the Rangers, Akira Schmidt was the number one trending player in the NHL at that time because of the heroic, as I mentioned, heroic performance that he put on. He comes in. With us being down 0-2, we don't know what's going to happen moving forward in the series. And he rattles off several tremendous performances, including shutouts in the final two home games of that of that series, including Game 7 against the Rangers, the, a team that everybody was expecting to make a deep run in the playoffs. And we knocked them out. And Akira Schmid was the star of that series. Make no mistake about it. So at that moment, he was... Uh, you know, the number one trending guy. Unfortunately, he showed his inexperience in round two versus the Carolina Hurricanes, in which he was bombarded with goals in the first two games. And he was pulled in both games one and two. So clearly the inexperience showed and maybe fatigue as well in the first two games. He lost his starting job until a do or die game five back in Carolina. If you remember, he didn't play game uh, three. VTech did, although VTech was not great. And then game four, he got the chance to play, but pull, coming in for the then-pulled Vitek Vanacek after the Devils were on their way to losing game number four. And then he got back in for game number five, and he was really good. He was a big reason that that game ended up going to overtime. He, he was very, very strong in net. And while he did look better in that game, 
than his previous two starts. It wasn't enough to keep the season alive as the Devils ultimately lost that game on overtime and the season came to a sad end. It was a learning year for the Swiss netminder, but he has certainly developed into one of the goalies of the future for New Jersey. He has the perfect frame for what you'd want in a franchise goaltender. He's six foot five and well over 200 pounds. He is very sturdy in net and not sporadic. He makes the simple plays and can give the big time saves that you need to win games. Even though it is reported that the Devils would prefer Schmidt to play down in Utica next season, I firmly believe the time is now for him to play full time in the National Hockey League. He is ready to take his game to the next level. And I know that. The Devils also brought in Colgren via free agency, but I firmly believe that he's a guy that we're going to see a lot more down in Utica, although he can play in the NHL he has before. And I think if Nico Dawes was healthy and was going to start the season down in Utica, I don't think the conversation or even the thought of Schmid playing down in Utica would have come up. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in a couple of weeks when the guys report to training camp and training camp camp gets underway. But I think when it's all said and done, you're going to see 41 and 40 in net for New Jersey Devils to start 2023-24. So as always, guys, let me know what you think in the comments section on that article, again, on Big Apple Hockey. Also, just let me know on Instagram and Twitter at Devil State and also at Devil State of Mind as well. Would love to interact with you guys and, uh, you know, just give me your opinions on what you think the Devils should do in net going into next season. Devils fans, even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Coldplay, One Republic, or many others on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or stay calm with some guided meditation and a lot of things I like listening to uh, my Raycon earbuds are podcasts I love podcasts uh, definitely listen to music when I'm at the gym and also when you know I'm taking walks outside and just getting an opportunity to uh, really just get some fresh air as well let me tell you right now Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud, tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycon also have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really, really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They started at the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now, Devils fans. Listen, and you can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So now we've come to the main event of this episode, and that is a Q&A with you lovely people. So again, on both Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, I had you guys submit your questions that I'm going to be answering, talking about obviously the New Jersey Devils. And we got about 10 questions that were asked. And so let's get underway 
with our first question, and that is from the WCB Podcast, which is a podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network that covers that team in the Windy City, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. And they have a very interesting one, kind of an interactive one that even you at home listening to this episode can actually inter- interact with as well. And it is a start bench cut. And so we have prime Patrick Eliash, prime Scott Stevens, and prime, and well, obviously just Jack Hughes, not prime Jack Hughes, but Jack Hughes. So prime Patrick Eliash, prime Scott Stevens, and Jack Hughes. And this is hard. This is very, very hard because all three of these guys have made phenomenal impacts in one way or another. And it's just, oh, it's tough. It's very, very tough. But if I were to start somebody, it's going to be Jack Hughes. I think because of just the skill set that he has and what he's been able to do in just a short time in the NHL up until this point, he is a bona fide superstar in this league. I think it's I think it's fair to say that he's earned that start uh, position. In terms of benching, this is hard. Again, this is very hard, but I'm going to bench. I'm going to mm, been going back and forth with this one. But I'm going to bench prime Patrick Eliash because, look, Patrick Eliash was one of the clutchest goal scorers and clutchest players that this organization has ever had. His number is in the rafters. And he's also been a huge part of the Devils organization off the ice. He has been huge when it comes to helping recruit players to come to this uh to come to this organization. Several players have talked about Patrick Eliash's influence on them to come here and everything. And so for him, I think that that's a really important thing, not just what he did on the ice, but what he's done off of it. And obviously I'm going to cut prime Scott Stevens. And it's tough because look, Scotty Stevens was the most intimidating uh, defenseman of his time. There's no question about it. The man led by example, both on and off the ice. He was a physical player who just strike fear in the hearts of everybody. And if you don't believe me, ask guys like, you know, Kozlov or Eric Lindros or even Paul Correa as really good examples. Um, But I think when you look at it from like this day and age, the way he plays the game and everything like that just would not, you know, work in this NHL today. So for that reason, I'm going to cut prime Scott Stevens. So again, I'm going to start Jack Hughes. Bench prime Patrick Eliash and then cut prime Scott Stevens. So shout out to WCB podcast on the hockey podcast. Network covering the Chicago Blackhawks for that question and make sure you go check them out um, as well. The next one is from my boy, Nate Thomas, the former host of the quack report. Unfortunately, the quack report is no longer in existence on the hockey podcast network, but my boy, Nate Thomas is still dropping in chatting with me. It's great to hear from you, man. I hope you're doing well. He asked me a question involving Tyler Toffoli and Yegor Sharangovich. He said, from the trade with Calgary at the end of June, what do you believe the Devils gain in Tyler Toffoli but lose in trading away Yegor Sharangovich? It's a really good question, Nate. Really, really good question. So we'll start with the first part of it. What do I believe the Devils gain in Tyler Toffoli? I've said it before, and that is a finisher. The Devils have a lot, already a lot, of tremendously talented players who are very good at setting up one another to score goals. 
The problem is at times is that we don't have enough guys that are truly uh, built to put the puck in the back of the net on a consistent basis. And that's what Tyler Toffoli is. This is a guy that has a nose for the goal and is going to shoot it from all areas of the ice. And he's going to be a guy, particularly on the power play, that's going to be lethal standing on that left or right side looking for those one-time passes from guys like Brett Hughes, uh, Nico, Dougie Hamilton, uh, different, you know, Luke Hughes as well. He's going to be a guy that we're going to be relying on to be very good in that front, but also be very, very good on the penalty kill as well and have a really strong 200-foot game. He's not the fastest skater, so obviously from the top six perspective, he's probably going to be the slowest of the top six, but he's going to make up for that with his goal scoring. Think of him as a little bit older version of like a Patrick Line, but with better defensive skills as a forward, if that makes sense. So that's what I think the Devils are gaining in acquiring Tyler DeFoley. What are they losing in Sharon Govich? They're losing a couple of things. One, obviously they got a little bit older because Sharon Govich is younger and he's making less money than uh, than what Tyler Toffoli is making right now. And who knows what Toffoli is going to get in his next contract if it is with the New Jersey Devils after this year. Um, so obviously a little bit of youth. Uh, I've said before, and I said it to several Calgary people, that Sharon Govich has one of the nastiest wrist shots you'll ever see. When he sets it up and fires it, man, it is a beauty to behold, especially when he scores. He's really, really good in, in terms of getting goals on the penalty kill. He did that several times last year, and he does have some speed. The only thing that I think he lacks in terms of you know what he can um, get better at is obviously bulking up a little bit more. But that could be said for a lot of guys on the Devils. Um, so those are kind of the things that they're losing with Sharon Govich, but I still said before that this to me was a really, really good trade by Tom Fitzgerald, an opportunity to take advantage of a team that was basically going to trade away a really talented player for not much of anything. That's no disrespect to Sharon Govich, but you look at what Tyler Toffoli can bring. And obviously it was a, it was a really good move by Tom Fitzgerald. So that is to answer that question again, shout out to Nate Thomas, former host, former co-host, excuse me, of the Quack Report, which covered the Anaheim Ducks on THPN. Um, hope you're doing well, man. He's the master of hockey jerseys. Make sure to go follow him on Twitter at Tate N. Hamas. So that's T-A-T-N-H-O-M-A-S. Thank you again for your question. The third question here is from the Kool-Aid Man or Kool-Aid on Twitter at Kool-Aid M-A-N-N 420. He says, Everyone is assuming we make the playoffs, but what playoff result will consider a success slash failure? Another really good question, because I've been asked, being on several other podcasts and different media outlets, what are the expectations from the New Jersey Devils fan base and organization? What do the Devils as a whole expect out of themselves going into the season? Make no mistake about it. This is without a doubt the first true year of the window of contention for this team to make a run at winning a Stanley Cup. And so I think when you look at where the Devils finished last season in terms of the playoffs, getting knocked out in the second round, I think what would be a success for them is making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and beyond. That's making it to the Stanley Cup Finals and ultimately winning the Cup. I think anything beyond the second round is a success. It's a step in the right direction. It's part of the learning process. It's progressing in the right direction. Now, if they go all the way to win the cup this year, that's fantastic. Obviously, it's a success. What is considered a failure? couple of things. One, if obviously we don't make the playoffs and have a really bad season, that's clearly a failure. I think maybe getting knocked out in the first round would be a failure. Um, 
I think even potentially getting knocked down the second round to, to somebody might be considered a failure. And it all depends on what the situation is by that time, who we play, what are the circumstances, all that stuff. So that's kind of what I think should be considered success and failure. I think with success, it's going to have to be progression, taking the next step forward, you know, progressing further than you went last season. And failure, it's obviously taking a step back or anything like that. This is not, in my opinion, and it shouldn't be of the opinion of any Devils fan or media personality, that this is a cup or bust season. This team is built for the long term. They're ready to win now, and they have many years. They're built. They're built to compete for many years. Not saying that they will, because we obviously know the hockey is a magical, unpredictable sport, but they are built on paper to compete for a handful of years moving forward. So that is to answer that question again. Shout out to uh, Kool-Aid on Twitter uh, for that question. Now, there were three questions that were submitted via Instagram. First one is from my good buddy, TJ Bennett, who also covers the Carolina Hurricanes on the Hockey Writers. Also a big time uh, fan of the Boston Bruins. Also, he's a pretty big fan of the New Jersey Devils as well. So shout out to you, my friend. Thank you for... Thank you for uh, chiming in. He says, do you think Fitz gets a goalie or sticks with what's in place? Gibson, Hellebuck, nobody. And as I mentioned before, I knew a goalie question or multiple was going to come up in um, in this episode. So again, I don't think that Tom Fitzgerald right now or before training camp is going to do anything with the goaltending position. We are now in the dog days of of the offseason. We are now at the point where most, if not every team, is pretty much ready to go. Now you're kind of wondering who are going to be guys that are going to be on, you know, PTOs, professional tryouts that are going to make a run at making the team maybe being a surprise like we saw with Jimmy Vesey a couple of years ago when he was signed to a PTO and made the Devils out of training camp. Um, but in terms of making, let's call a splash in net, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I think the earliest you might see it is maybe the trade deadline if the Devils feel that they're ready to make a move like that. But I also will tell everybody, the Devils have over $20 plus million in cap space going into next offseason. If they feel that it's time to make a goalie splash, they're probably going to do it that offseason. That might be it. Or they might do it at the trade deadline. But in terms of are they going to make a move anytime soon? No, I think you're going to see VTech and Akira Schmidt in net to start next season. And the Devils are going to go from there. And if everything works out, then they won't have to worry about the goaltending position. If not, knowing Tom Fitzgerald, he's going to find a way to get a goaltender that's going to help this team take that next step to winning a Stanley Cup. So again, shout out to you, TJ, for the question, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, Next question comes from D-N-B-E-R-N-E-J-O on Instagram. He says, when, if Grzyuk, or Seni Grzyuk, comes over in 2026, which is projected to be when he comes over after his two-year contract with SKA St. Petersburg in the KHL expires, is it on an ELC or do we need to pay him like an like any RFA? Another really, really good question. Uh, thank you, DMB. Really do appreciate it. Now, I just wrote an article earlier this week for the Hockey Writers talking about Arseny Gritsyuk being the diamond in the rough for the New Jersey Devils. Make sure to go check out that article if you haven't already. Would greatly appreciate it if you do. Here's the thing. Arseny Gritsyuk is the biggest question mark when it comes to the Devils you know, prospect pool. We still don't know when the Devils are going to be able to get an opportunity for him to come over. 
when Ryan Nowazitsky of NJ.com spoke to Arseny Gritsyuk's agent earlier this year, back in June, he said basically that the plan was Gritsyuk will play the next two years in the KHL and then he will immediately transition to the NHL. And the plan is, is that Gritsyuk will not go and play down in Utica or anything like that. He's going to jump right into the Devils, um, to the Devils organization. He's going to play with the Devils right away. We don't know what the roster is going to look like in the next two years. We, we don't know. You know, you know, let's not worry about that right now. But it is interesting to think about what this team could look like in two years' time. And you know that, obviously, we're locking different guys up and everything like that. So the question is, is there an ELC on in this situation? I don't really know exactly what uh, the situation might be. I think more likely than not, he's probably going to have to sign a regular contract and not an e- ELC. Uh, ELC, but I could be totally wrong on that. I'm going to see if I can get some information from one of my sources to see what the situation might be. But I said before, the model that the Devils should use for Gritsyuk when it comes to the NHL is exactly how Kirill Kaprizov came over from Russia after dominating in the KHL to then being implemented into the NHL right away and becoming this tremendous player that he is. We're not saying that Gritsyuk is going to be the next coming of Kirill Kaprizov, although that would be phenomenal. But you look at the progression that that Arseny Gritsyuk has had, he's become one of the young, bright stars in the KHL, the second biggest and toughest league in, in, in hockey in all the world, other than the NHL. And if he keeps progressing that way, he's going to be really, really valuable by the time he comes over. And obviously things can change between now and when his uh, contract in SKA St. Petersburg is up. So we shall see what they decide to do with that. But I, I do think that there's a good chance that Gritsyuk is going to be New Jersey Devil when his uh, contract in the KHL is up. But uh, again, thank you for the question, DMB. Really appreciate it. Um, the third question comes from Aiden. How do you get the most out of Alexander Holtz? Another good question. Now, I just spoke uh, to um, to Alexander Holtz trainer. If you haven't already checked that out, uh, episode out. I highly recommend it. I posted it last week and we talked about Alexander Holtz. And obviously we know, and as it's been reported, this is a big year for Alexander Holtz to truly make that step into being an everyday NHL player. And so the question that that Aiden's asking is how do you get the most out of Holtz? I've said before that the smartest thing I think the Devils could do is put him on that third line with Eric Hall and Andre Pilat at least to start the year, give him some power play time, really kind of put him in position where he's getting better matchups and he's being protected by very, very reliable veteran players. Now, do I think that at some point he needs to start playing in the top six? It's possible that there might come a time where it's needed and maybe you move a guy like a Mercer or even maybe a Toffoli down to the bottom six. You know, it's going to be tough with obviously, you know, the top six getting uh, the, the spots being less and less as as we look at the roster as it's constructed. But I think the best thing, the, the best course of action with Holtz is to get him into a position where he's in better matchups and allow him to just be the player that he is. A guy who's going to shoot the puck no matter where he is on the ice and just fire it. And you saw from the couple of goals he scored last season You can see that the talent is there. He just has to put it all together, add some speed, add a little bit of strength, add some smooth skating, and I think overall he's going to be good. So this is going to be a really exciting training camp for me to see, particularly Alexander Holtz, what 
kind of Alexander Holtz are we going to get? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. But I think putting him on that third line with Halla and Palat to start the year, giving him some power play time, and maybe as the season progresses and he's getting better to slowly transition him to maybe a top six role if he's earned it, I think would be the safest and best course of action on how to handle Alexander Holtz going into this year. So thank you, Aiden, for that question. Now, I did get a couple of questions from some good friends within the the Hockey Podcast Network community. First is from one of my bosses, Kyle Manifold. He says, can Jack Hughes take a big step and try to compete for the heart? I put out an article not too long ago on the Hockey Writers talking about Jack Hughes being a perennial heart trophy candidate. I think he absolutely can take that step. I think first and foremost, he's going to get over the century mark. I think he's going to get over 100 points. I think the the amount of talent that's surrounding him and the superstar talent that he is anyway, I think you're going to see him really, really take another major step into being in the elite, being one of the best top five, top 10 players in all the National Hockey League. He's starting to get there. He took a major step last year, and I think he's going to give guys like Connor McDavid, David Postonok, Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, guys like that a run for their money when it comes to making a run at the league MVP. I think maybe, I don't know if you're going to see a year like you saw with Taylor Hall. That was kind of a unique year, but I think you're going to see a year that's going to be very, very impressive. That's going to make a lot more people know who Jack Hughes is, and he's going to continue to be that Showtime superstar, box office type player that we've seen before. So to answer your question, I think Jack Hughes can and absolutely will take a big step and have a really good chance to compete for the Hart Trophy. And who knows, maybe shock the NHL world and win a Hart Trophy as a New Jersey Devil. So thank you, Kyle, for that question. Next one comes from AB, who is one of the hosts of the Caniac Sessions, covering the Carolina Hurricanes here on THPN, one of the newest podcasts on the network. He says, who will be the first call from the AHL and why? Who will be the first call up? That is a Awesome question, because there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options, but I think I'm going to go with the most obvious one, and that is Simone Nemich, because we already know that there's a very good chance he's not going to make the team out of training camp. He's going to start the year in Utica. With the depth that we have at defense and with the Devils not being so okay with having two rookie, Luke Hughes and and Nemich, playing On that defensive core to start the year, I think Nemitz is going to start the year down in Utica, and I think at some point he is going to get called up and he is going to play. And I say that because he is, without a doubt, other than Luke Hughes, our best prospect out there right now. A guy who looks like he is NHL ready. He he had a tremendous first year in North America, really did well in the World Junior Championships as well, and also played well in the World Championships. This kid who's not even 20 years of age yet, already looks like a guy that could be a lockdown defenseman for many years to come, and he hasn't even played a game in the NHL yet. And I think he's going to have another really good start to uh, his season in Utica, and I think he's going to earn that call up at some point during the season. So that's going to be my answer to that question. Thank you, AB, for the question. Now we got Zach Martin, another New member of THPN, one of the hosts of the Surgecast, another Carolina Hurricanes podcast. We have a couple of uh, uh, Kaniac podcasts here on THPN. Zach uh, and the Surgecast just joined, I think, last week or earlier this week. So shout out to them and thank you for the question. Who do you think was the biggest offseason addition for the Devils? 
I saw a post. It was from the Daily Faceoff that said Tomas Nosik was the biggest acquisition of the season for the de- of the offseason for the Devils. I'm I'm definitely pumped to have a guy like Nosik, but I would not say that it's him. The biggest acquisition by far is Tyler Toffoli. If we're looking at from the guys who came from the outside coming in, it's Tyler Toffoli. For the reasons that I mentioned earlier in, in this Q&A, that Tyler Toffoli is a finisher. A guy who came off scoring over 30 goals last year could definitely do that again with the amount of talent that's surrounding him and be a guy that could be both dangerous on the power play and also on the penalty kill as well and be responsible in the defensive end as a forward. So I think for for when you look at it from the Devils, I think he's going to have the biggest impact of any new guy. And I think he is by by you know by far, by far the best acquisition this offseason by the New Jersey Devils. So thank you, Zach, for that question. And we have one more question here from Jeffrey Krentzman. He asks, it's another goalie question, do you think the goaltending will be a major issue for the Devils this season? Again, I understand why people are talk are so worried about the Devils goaltending from what they saw last year. But I'm here to tell you that it's not as bad as you think. Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid were big reasons why we had the year that we did. We said the year before that if the Devils just got average goaltending, they would have made the playoffs. Well, they got above average goaltending and were one of the top three teams in the NHL. We're one of the several you know, team, top teams in the NHL. I mean, they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. That There's no question about it. And yes, the playoffs was not great. It was really good in the first round for Akira Schmid, not so great in the second round. And for Vitek, it was flat out awful from start to finish. So obviously you do worry about that. But I really do believe that these guys are determined to shut the naysayers up to step up and be the guys that are capable of helping this team get to a Stanley Cup. They understand what's expected of them. They understand what has happened. And I'm sure they've worked on some things to put themselves in the best possible position to succeed. And we have to give them a fair chance to prove themselves once the season gets underway. I don't think it's time to panic just yet. I don't. I think we do have a lot of time before we start panicking. I really do. So I don't think it's as big of a danger as everyone says it is. I think we have to give it time. I think we have to just see where it goes. Okay. And that's what I'm going to say about this goaltending. I'm going to keep saying it until people stop asking me goaltending questions, but thank you to him. And thank you to everybody who submitted uh, their questions. I will definitely do this again. I really like doing these Q and A's. And uh, yeah, I really do appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to doing it again very soon.